Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So the question is, how does anyone know if God's calling them to do something like this? How do you know? How do you know what the will of God is? How do you know when God is calling? I mean, that raises the question of how did Jacob know that God was calling him? So what we see in this chapter is that Jacob knew by three significant events, parts, points, whatever you want to call it, three that happened to Jacob, and thereby he knew that God wanted to believe. First, there is the event of circumstances. Jacob no longer was welcome in Laban's house. He didn't feel comfortable where he was. Uh, Genesis chapter 31, this chapter, verses one and two. He heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's and that which is our father's hath he gotten all this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban and behold, it was not toward him before. That's a serious circumstance. And at that time, that circumstance has turned to make Jacob no longer feel like he was welcome, and he wasn't. And he, he and no longer feel comfortable, and he shouldn't. So that was the first. Then, the second, God spoke to Jacob. God spoke to Jacob in verse 3, and the Lord said unto Jacob, return unto the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. So God has ways of speaking. He has ways of speaking today. Today he speaks through his word, where we're reading along, and all of a sudden a verse will just jump out at us and go, wow. It's like a lights came on, so prominent. It lodges in our head. It keeps coming back to our mind. That's the voice of God. That's the voice of God. Of course, in order for that to happen, a person has to be regularly in the Word of God. Every Christian should be in the Word of God daily. And when I say in the Word of God, I don't mean just, you know, you come and say, okay, how many pages I got to read? Done? Okay. No, I mean, Lord, my heart is open, and I'm waiting as I read this Word. Plant seeds, your seeds in my heart. That's what it means to be in the Word daily. Then there should not be a day that goes where the believer is not in the Word. That's why daily quiet times are essential. They're vital. They're important. I have a daily Bible readings program that goes through four chapters a day. So the entire Bible is read, the whole Bible is read in a year, and the New Testament Psalms are read through at least twice in the year. And I've used this same plan for over 40 years. And I have one today. I'm using it today, the same one. I've got one. If you want, you ask me, I'll give it to you. It's essential to be in the Word daily. So the first inclination, the first indication here that it's time to move is not being comfortable where you are. 
It was Jacob not being comfortable where he was. A certain anxiety, a certain, this isn't right. I don't feel like I am where I should be. And the second indication was from God's word, which Jacob heard in his particular case. He didn't have the book of Genesis to open up because he is in the book of Genesis, but it was a dream. And the third indication was a confirmation, which we see, third indication is a confirmation, which we see in verses 14 to 16. And Rachel and Leah, oh, his wives, nothing like wives. And Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, is there yet any portion of inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not counted of him strangers? For he has sold us, hath quite devoured also our money for all the riches which God hath taken from our father. That's ours and our children's. Now then, whatsoever God hath said unto thee, do. So God has ways of confirming his will for us to go, to move on. And God sent to Jacob his wives, and they joined together and they told him in verse 16, now then, whatsoever God had said unto thee, do. This was all that Jacob needed to hear as this final confirmation. All right, that's it. That's God's will. And when a person is open to God's will, which he will speak through his word, there will be a push out and a pull through. The push-out, in this case, are the circumstances of Laban's sons accusing Jacob of stealing and Laban being against Jacob. That's a push-out. The pull-through, in this case, is the confirmation of Jacob's wives telling him, now then, whatsoever God has said unto thee, do. That's how God works, with the push-out of circumstances, the speaking through his word, and the pull-through of a confirmation from others advising him to go, and that's important. What do Christian counselors, what do our friends, what do our, what do our spouses telling us? That's a confirmation. Now, this all leaves the ball totally in Jacob's court. I mean, Jacob had the word, God's word. He had the push out of the circumstances. He had the pull through of his wife's agreement, but now it's Jacob's choice. And Jacob, he could have taken the decision of saying, well, you know, let's not be hasty here. Let's just wait to see how this all works out. Maybe it'll get better if I just wait. That's a deadly trap of procrastination. But God helped Jacob to not procrastinate by that way. And his wives told him to get up and go with two important words in verse 16. Now, then, whatsoever God has said unto thee, do. When his wife said, now, then, it was God speaking to his wife saying, now that you are sure that God wants you to leave, then leave. So in verse 16, Jacob's wife just gave to Jacob a healthy dose of now then. And sometimes we just need to sit down and just take a healthy dose, uh, dose of now then. Because it's the now then that's the word from his wives, nothing like a wife to help you move on for God. Now that God has spoken through his word, the circumstances are pushing, confirmation is pulling, the only thing that remains is the then, which is the action. And that's exactly what Jacob does in verse 17. Jacob takes this healthy dose of then, and so the words in verse, it says then appears in verse 16 and 17. Notice how then appears in verse 16 and 17. His wife said, now then, in verse 16, and in verse 17, it says then Jacob rose up. And when we read in verse 17, we give a cheer for Jacob. We say, go, Jacob, go. But if we were there, Jacob might have said to us, 
I don't know if I should do this. If I should make this run for it. I mean, I'm 97 years old. I can't even run that well. You know, think. Maybe I should consult with my cardiologist <laughs> to see if my heart is up to all this before I leave here. And I mean, I mean, what if Jacob comes after me? And I mean, uh, what if Rachel steals her father's God and I promise that the one who stole them will die? And I mean, uh, what if Esau comes after me? And I mean, uh, what if my thigh comes out of joint in some all-night wrestling? And I mean, what if my daughter is raped? And I mean, what if my sons go on some killing rampage and wipe out a whole city in their fanatical anger? And I mean, what if my lovely wife Rachel dies in childbirth? And I mean, what if my firstborn son rapes my wife? And what if my favorite son, Joseph, is killed by wild beasts? And what if a famine comes to Canaan and we don't have food and I have to send my sons into Egypt to get food from some scary ruler? And what if I have to go down into Egypt for the rest of my life? And if we were to sit here and listen to all these things, which happened, then we would say, Jacob, I heard all your questions, and I'm really kind of scared myself, but, you know, as I kind of think about it, Jacob, with all your your questions about it, really I've just got just one answer. There's just one answer, one simple answer, Jacob. I got the answer for you, the answer for all your questions, and it's just this, Just the, the answer is God. That's it. God is the answer to all those questions. What if Jacob comes after you? God will warn Laban not to harm you. What if Rachel steals her father's gods and I promise that the one who stole them is going to die? God will keep Laban from discovering that Rachel stole his gods. What if Esau comes after me? God will give Esau a heart to love you. What if your thigh comes out of joint in an all-night wrestling match? He'll limp, but God will give you in that night a new name of Israel. What if your daughter is raped? God will deliver your daughter back to you. What if your sons go on a killing rampage and wipe out a whole city in their anger? God will protect you from the other cities and the other peoples. What if your lovely wife Rachel dies in childbirth and you end up burying her under an oak tree? God will fill that void in your life. Well, what if your firstborn son rapes your wife? God will take care of that situation. Well, what if your favorite son Joseph is killed by wild beasts? God will make sure he's not killed by wild beasts, and, and he'll give Joseph back to you again alive. And what if a famine comes to Canaan and you don't have any food and you have to send your sons into Egypt to get food from a scary ruler? God will give you the food through that scary person who actually is Joseph. Oh, what if in your life you have to go down into Egypt for the rest of your life? God will give you the best land in Egypt called Goshen to live in for the rest of your days. So Jacob, there's one answer to all your fears. There's one answer to all your questions. There's one answer to all your unknowns about your future, and that answer is God. And that's true for us. All of our questions, all of our fears, all of our questions about our future has one answer, God. And we would say to Jacob, Jacob, you're going to have the great life, a tremendous adventure that will not be boring. I guarantee you that. But that life can only happen until you, Jacob, 
Make that decision in verse 6, 17. Rise up, you rise up. And the same's true for us. No matter what our age is, we can have a great life with a tremendous adventure that will not be boring, but that can't happen until we say to the Lord, I bring no conditions. I bring no conditions to you, Lord, just myself, and I say, whatever your will is, I'm in. Whatever, wherever, whenever you choose, I'm ready. Now, this was a bold move for Jacob, for him to rise up and leave, and and, and he was only able to do it because of God. And the more we see God in Jacob's life, the more we will be, we will be willing to rise up for God and think the unthinkable and attempt the unreachable and do the impossible. I mean, I've just gone through this summary here of Jacob's life. I didn't make it up. It's all, we're gonna come to it. I've just come through, gone through the summary of what's gonna happen in Jacob's life from this point and how Jacob is able to stand up victorious on both feet on the ground, standing, how? God. By God's spirit, as God said in Zechariah 4.6, Zechariah 4.6, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Jacob was an overcomer. Not by Jacob's might, not by Jacob's power, but by God's spirit. We will be an overcomer in life if we only do not rely on our own might and if we do not rely on our own power, but we rely on the power of the spirit of God. God's spirit must be to us. Wind, fire, water. Wind, we need the Holy Spirit to blow like a wind on us. Fire. We need the Holy Spirit to burn like a fire in us. Water, we need the Holy Spirit to flow out of us like a river going through us. That's the way God will use us like he used Jacob. He blows like a wind on us to stir us up from our complacency, and he burns like a fire within us to give us a passion and he flows like a river through us to make us a channel as he uses us in the world to bring life where there is death, to bring blessing where there is curse, to bring the gospel to the defeated, to bring salvation to the lost, to bring joy to the sad-hearted, to bring hope to the hopeless, to bring God to the godless. I mean, we've been speaking here about what God did for Jacob when he he rose up and started this new life by leaving Haran. And we're speaking about what God can do for us when we rise up and let God give us a new vision to use us. Before Jacob could be used of God, he had a desire to leave Haran, and he left Haran. Inside of Jacob, there was this desire to go deeper with God. And in order for God to use us more, there must be in us the desire to go deeper with God for us. And that's what it was for for Jacob. 
He had to have this, this desire to go deeper with God and the Spirit. And the Spirit of God was in Jacob, and it came out in the next chapter when, when, when Jacob will have his thigh put out of joint and he's reduced. Jacob will be reduced to a quivering mass of flesh. It says it made Jacob to this point in his life where Jacob cries out in the next chapter, Genesis chapter 32, verse 26, chapter 32, verse 26, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Those are words, those are words that express Jacob's desire to go deeper with God. And Jacob leaving Haran in verse 17 is an outplay of what we all need, which is Jacob's desire to go deeper with God. It's a dissatisfaction with how deep I am now with God, and it's a desire to go deeper with God. This history, this history for us of Jacob as it's playing out, it's teaching us a lesson of what it means to have the Jacob desire to go deeper with God. We all need it. We all need that. It was that Jacob desire to go deeper with God that the Lord Jesus Christ was meaning when on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, when in the temple, the Lord Jesus Christ lifts up his voice and he cries out in John 7, 37, John 7, 37. In that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because of Jesus was not yet glorified. What the Lord Jesus said in the temple was an invitation. It was an invitation that some heard. It was a calling for those who had the deep desire. It was not a really a calling for all men. It was really a selective calling for just those who had the deep desire. He was only calling those who had this inner thirst when he stood in the temple and cried out saying, if any man thirst, he didn't say if any man or I have a message for every person. He said, I have a message for only certain people. I have a message only for those who have an inner thirst, if any man thirst. He had a message only for those who were not satisfied in life and had an inner thirst. What thirst? Jacob thirst. The Jacob thirst to go deeper with God. In essence, when he cried out, if any man thirst, he was saying, are you satisfied with where you are in life? Then my message is not for you. Are you happy with your relationship with God? Then my message is not for you. When he cried out, if any man thirst, he was saying, are you a Jacob do you have the Jacob spirit of, I will not let thee go unless thou bless me? Do you have that Jacob desire to go deeper with God? Then if you do, my message is for you. And my message is, John seven thirty seven. if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the spirit. He said, if any man has that thirst to go deeper with God, then he should come to me, and he should drink. 
He should learn more and more and more of the Lord Jesus Christ. He should have more and more and more of the Lord Jesus Christ's word, of his word living in him. He should pray more and more and more to the Lord Jesus Christ. He should surrender more and more and more to the Lord Jesus Christ. He should obey more and more and more the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what it means to coming. This coming to him, this drinking that he calls in John 7, 37, 38, let him come unto me and drink, he that believeth on me, or as it is in the Greek, into me. Now, why did the translators use the word on as they translated, he that believeth on me? Well, you don't say that today. We don't say, do you believe on? We say, do you believe in? But they didn't use that preposition in purposefully. They did not translate this verse, he that believeth in me. Why not? Why not? Why did they translate this verse, he that believeth on me? Why did they use the preposition on instead of the preposition in when they translated he that believeth on me? Well, the reason is that there's a particular strength in the preposition which they used, and they wanted to bring out this strength, so they used this word on he that believeth on me. And the strength in that preposition is in a direction, a direction of on, which is in the, which is in the direction of into. And to drive that direction, we could state the phrase of, he that believeth into me, not in me, but into me. So that makes it come out. John 7, 37, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth into me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, but this he spake of the Spirit. What does it mean to believe into the Lord Jesus Christ? The word into, for he that believeth into me, means to fulfill the Jacob desire of going deeper with God. The word into, for he that believeth into me, means to go deep with God that Galatians 2.20 becomes a reality. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth with me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It means to go so deep with God, the word into, believeth into me, it means to go so deep with God that I see that it is my self-interest and my self-ambitions and my self-goals and the desire to make myself happy that's blocking. That's what's blocking me from going deeper with God. And I see that I have conflicting interests because I see that all my self-interests, which are really Jacob's interest in himself, I see that I have God's interests, which are really Israel, the person of Israel's interest in God. And I see that Jacob's interests in self, they gotta die. They gotta be crucified. If I really want for the Israel interests to come up and blossom out, the Israel interests in God, so I go in deeper with God, then the Jacob interests in self, they gotta be crucified. And I'm frustrated and I look for a solution to the problem, and I hear the invitation. John 7, 37, if any man thirst, let him believe, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth into me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. (music) 
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Hi, this is Tom Cantor with Friendship with God. The hymn says, See all the world, wide open doors inviting. Soldiers of Christ, arise and enter in. Christians, awake, your forces all uniting. Send forth the gospel, break the chains of sin. Are you ready for your life to be used by God to send forth the gospel and break the chains of sin all throughout the 85 million souls in Ethiopia? We have an opportunity of a lifetime, a fully paid position to train 104 church planners who will bring the gospel all over Ethiopia. For nearly 10 years, Scanabodies has been in Ethiopia with the largest business in our region. On our beautiful 12-acre Wi-Fi connected compound is our wonderful new Ethiopia Bible Institute. Dormitory, study halls, dining hall, director's house, 400-seat auditorium. They're all built. They're waiting just for you to step out of your comfort zone and say, yes, Lord, here am I, send me. Why not trust God and go? You won't regret it. Call today, 1-800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051.